Hello. Yo, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Nothing. Nothing? Nope. Oh, okay. How's it going? How's things? Yeah, same shit. Different day. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I am sweating my ass off in <laughs> December. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hot here, too. It's like the upper 80s. It's like, what the hell? Global warming? Nah, it doesn't exist. We went to the town Christmas parade yesterday, and yeah. everybody was decked out in sweaters and Santa hats, and it was like 82 degrees. And by the end, they were all like Holy ripping shit. it off, and like you know, it's like fun. This is a great December. Yeah. Good times. <sighs> yeah. But we're in full Christmas mode here in South Carolina. Went to the. Well, we're. We went less than two weeks away. I know. We went to the um, first band concert of my kids' school because yes. she had started in the band in September, and so this was their first time that they were playing. And so we get there. The, the band director says that everybody's got to be there by six. So, um, because last year they didn't have any band concerts and so the seventh grade the people in band that are now in seventh grade didn't get to have a concert last year the place was absolutely packed and so we sat down on, in our seats and looked around and maybe 20 percent were wearing masks mm. and i was like okay I'm already uncomfortable and so they make the announcement that since there's so many people after the sixth grade band performs you like you can go because normally they'd want you to sit for the whole thing and listen to everybody but oh, okay. so that they could get everybody in and out like so we were like okay cool we can just take off then <clears throat> and about 15 well, that's good you don't have to sit through somebody else's untalented kids right exactly so about 15 minutes before the show starts this dude comes walking in front of me and sits down and he's wearing a hat that says uh, Liberty on the front. And it's got a hashtag on the back, which is WWG1WGA. And so I'm like, okay, I need to look this up. And it's he's one of those QAnon people. And the, mm. the um, hashtag means where, where, where we go one, we go all. Which okay. I guess is some kind of like weird conspiracy like thing for them. And, you know, his, he's not wearing a mask. His wife's not wearing a mask. He's carrying this large knife on his belt. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Can't leave the giant fucking Bowie knife at home for fucking your kid's concert. 
but apparently she's some kid in my my daughter's class and I was like yeah you need to stay away from her <laughs> that's great yeah so I mean they the band was for for not playing for an instrument an instrument before three months ago yeah. it was a really solid showing by these kids and what's your daughter play she plays saxophone tuba trumpet oh trumpet yeah Ooh. okay yeah so i mean there was there was a couple of fuck ups here and there but like for the most part it was a like you knew what song it was and it was like they were playing different parts to the song they weren't all just playing the same thing and it was like wow okay so i mean that was nice okay well that's good you were there to support yeah of course and then always nice last night i went to walmart after dinner and there was this car in front of me who like stopped in the middle of one of the lanes and okay i was like what the fuck is this asshole doing and he stopped in front of an rv that was parked in the back of the parking lot and out jumps a kid I shit you not dressed like cousin Eddie from uh, Christmas, uh, <laughs> Christmas vacation. The yeah. hat with the, with the ears up and the white bathrobe. And I guess he was there for a photo op at the RV. And oh, I, like, okay. Like he stands in front and he puts his arms up and I guess he's mouthing like shitters full. And I guess okay. somebody in the passenger seat was taking pictures of him. And I was like, only in South Carolina would this shit happen. But stopping traffic. Yes. Because they're important. Yes. Fuck everybody else. I got to get my photo up. That's just typical. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they were at Walmart and saw the RV parked. And then he was like, I got to go home and get changed. Or he got into the outfit and then drove around until he found an RV. But he was. (laughs) Well, chances are you are going to find it at Walmart. Well, true. (laughs) But like he was he was all like about like like jumping out and like it wasn't just like running up to the RV. He had this weird swagger about his walk like he was he was totally totally in the character headspace. And I was like, okay, this is just fucking weird. But I mean, I guess to each their own. I guess that's going to be his fucking Christmas card. That's great. Sure. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of Walmart, I was there today. Oh yeah. I I I'm ready for another lockdown. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine ordering my shit online, having it brought to my door. Same thing with ordering Deal Dash or any of that crap. It's like yeah. I'm so fucking over people. Yeah, well. Because they're all assholes. <laughs> walking around Walmart and there's these, you know, 16 year old kids racing in, in shopping carts. And there's these kids playing ball and it's like, where are your fucking parents? Oh, they're right there encouraging you. Yes, of course. And you know, the, the ones who have to stop in the middle of the aisle (laughs) and totally block everybody else while they stop and look at, you know, foot massagers. Yes. It's like, you people all fucking suck. You <laughs> suck. Get COVID. Get out of the way. Well, you know, they're all... So, yeah. And you definitely see a different demographic from store to store. Okay. Like, I went to Best Buy, 
and Best Buy was was a lot of I don't know if they were foreigners because of the location if they were here on vacation buying shit uh, <laughs> there was a, uh, there was some a family I could only describe as inbred <laughs> the kid was like 300 pounds maybe 20 and at one point he stretched at the cashier's line and it's like his gut fell out of his shirt Ew. it was like it was like a lava flow yeah. I like, don't nobody want to see that shit <laughs> and all of these people who are you know complaining because things aren't aren't you know in stock and you know they blame the pandemic but i think it's a conspiracy and it's like oh my god you people please go lick the doorknob please <laughs> yeah it's it yeah i mean it's special it's special i tell you um well i yeah. mean look we're coming up on christmas and i'm sure that the numbers with this new variant are going to go up so just be another you know, excuse not are, to go out. We are close to a million deaths from COVID. Yep. But, you know, we've never shut down a school due to cancer. <laughs> it's because you can't, 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 you can't catch cancer by being coughed at. Oh, but if only you could. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, if only you could. I'd be willing to carry it for that. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. I mean, I'm double vaxxed. I'm going to go get my booster. Yep. I can hack on you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wearing a mask. That's why I'm not. So, yeah. So, so at the concert, um, we had a friend who that we saw at the, um, at the parade and mm -hmm. his entire family has been vaccinated, including his two small kids. Um, okay they ended up catching COVID at the beginning of the school year. And oh, he's he, him and his wife are about to get their booster shots and they still wear masks wherever they go. And okay. at the concert, somebody actually like called him out on it. It's like, you've already had it. Why are you wearing your mask? And he was like, well, first of all, asshole, like you can still get it. Like it, right. it doesn't stop you from getting it. It stops you from dying. Right. I don't really want to go through that again. Like it's not it's not something that was fun. So why the fuck would I want to go through it again? And I was like, what a bunch right. of fucking pompous assholes that are like they're going to question you. Like am I asking you to wear a mask? No, then shut the fuck up. Right. So Right. Uh, I don't have time for crazy today. No. No. And I know it's supposed to be Christmas and we're supposed to be fucking, you know, all jolly and stuff, but <laughs> I just, I can't man. Like stupidity is just hard to fucking right. deal with. But yeah. So did, uh, did you watch, uh, live in front of a studio audience? I did. Yeah. I was not impressed. <laughs> Neither one of those scripts stand up today. Uh, um, I thought the woman did a really good job of playing Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was really good. Um, boy, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and John Stewart are fucking 
old. <laughs> well, yeah. old. And um, Jennifer Aniston, did she have new work to do this show? Because she looked horrible. Well, I think. So one of the the things that I found weird about this was, um, they they introduce Lisa Welchel, mm-hmm. who is dressed in a costume, yeah, from the show, and they have her sing the intro, right? And what's her name walks in the door, Mindy, M- Mindy, Mindy. Yep. Mindy walks in the door and her name comes up on the screen and then right. Kim Fields comes in, but they don't put her name up. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a shitty thing. Like, why are you? Well, it, it was live. Okay. The, the chroma key guy could have fucked up. Very true. I was watching it after the fact. So, um, it doesn't come off really well on a replay. Um, not at all. But I Not couldn't like like why couldn't you get Nancy McKee in there like because apparently she's just moved and she wasn't able to like okay go out to L.A. for it okay because because like you know they they cut over to um, different strokes and and Todd Bridges comes out and it's like oh he's the only one left alive from that show so I get right. while well, he's the only one there. But it it just felt weird. And like I guess yeah. I was reading online that for the Facts of Life episode, in the original episode, the guy's name is Rocky because he has really bad acne. Oh. And so they changed it for this to be headgear for braces. Okay. And so the idea of why they call him Rocky makes absolutely no sense. Hmm. Um I d- I thought everybody did okay. I thought Catherine Hahn's performance was a little weird. Oh, really? I thought she was pretty good as Joe. The all the little nuances that she was adding to it, mm. like the the head shakes and the like, felt like it was too over the top for me. Okay, okay. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch like people that you grew up with. Like all of a sudden, they're really old and they're supposed to be teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I liked I liked the different strokes one. I think a little bit better. Oh really? I yeah. did not like either one of those. Okay. Either one of the guys. I I no? didn't like Kevin Hart. I didn't like Wayans. Okay. I mean, I thought I thought that they they did a little bit better. I felt like they they worked off of each other better than the people mm, in the other could one. Be. But. I thought it was funny that Snoop Dogg was there. Yeah. And that the last line was like, why does he smell like weed? Right, right. Yeah. And Jennifer Aniston's last line was, I'll be there for you. Yeah. I'll be there for you. It's like, okay, that's cute. (laughs) But it's like they had, she had a bad wig. Jennifer Aniston? It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why, like, they, they went for that. And, and, what the hell did Mindy Cohn do to her face? Got some work done, man. Holy shit. Some work? She's she's a singer now, so, like, you know, she's got to be up on stage all the time. But she had that fucked up thing where they pull the, the cheeks too far back so you look like the Joker's victim. 
It's like, why are you doing this to yourself? People, just grow old. It's okay. Mm, yeah, well. Stop going under the knife. Hollywood doesn't want them to believe that. Hollywood wants them to believe that, like, beauty is everything. Ugh. Like, I I, I'm, I fully believe that Lisa, Lisa Welchel has had work done, but she just has a really good doctor. Now, were you there when she came to that place we worked? Yes, I was there. Okay, you were there that day. Oh, yeah. Where, where one of our fellow employees said that he wanted to go sniff the seat she was sitting in afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> classy. <laughs> Stay classy, people. I also remember her being a, a giant pain in the ass, too, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Like, we didn't. How do I put this? We were what late. She was there to attend did not happen on time we, because of her. Yes, we were late because she needed to have her makeup constantly fixed. And oh, see, I didn't. It was three or four times of of the makeup person went and saw her, and then we got her off of the thing that Lisa Wesler was sitting on, and I guess she like looked in a pocket mirror or something and didn't like what she saw. And so we had to go and we had to put the, the makeup person back on and it was like three or four of those. And it was like, we're trying to do something here. Like there's a, there's right. a timing thing to this and yeah. she just didn't care. And you were famous 30 years ago. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, she wasn't as bad as helping Kirstie Alley's fat ass up a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> No, and and also, who was the other one that we did? Um, Star Jones. Oh, I wasn't there for that. Yeah, she was a pain in the ass too. Yeah. Regis was a pain in the ass. Oh, Regis is an asshole. <laughs> like, you know that. There are some stories that are completely justified about these people, where you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree. I would agree, but yeah, I I thought the the last two they did were much better. Okay. I I didn't feel that the that the script stood up enough, and I felt that it was too too much of a, oh who's gonna walk in next. Well, and like you you have I mean, these like, things that like every time somebody walks in the door, there's like a standing ovation. Right. And it's like, let them get out there and get moving and what they're supposed to do. So you have these weird, like, pauses in everything. Right. And I, I blame that on the fucking crowd and, like, whoever was there to... Oh, but there's somebody hyping them the whole time. You know, there's an applause light going off. There's a guy running in front of the audience, getting them to scream. Yeah, I know. It's just... It's just, you know, okay, now we have to wait to, for everybody to settle so that Snoop can say his first line. Right. Or here comes here, here comes um, John Stewart, and every time he walked in the door, they, like, hooped and hollered, and it was like, okay, mm -hmm. let it go. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing, like... Norman Lear is 99. I don't know how many more of these they will do with him. Um, so when he dropped the F-bomb, did that actually make it out? Or did they? is it on like a 10-second delay? 
I watched it late and it was okay. bleeped out. Okay. At least I think it was bleeped out. It was bleeped out for me on Hulu, so I was just wondering whether Okay. Or not. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Cuz I tried I tried the day after it aired to watch it on abc.com. And yeah. on abc.com you have to have an actual login for a cable company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to watch it there. And so I just figured I had missed it. And then I was, I was on Hulu last night and it was on there and I was like, oh, okay. But I mean, every other service like CBS will let you watch anything that they air on their, on CBS.com the next day. Right. So it's a little weird that ABC is like, no, you have to log in. It's like, come on, man. It's fucking 2022. We can do yeah. this a little bit better. Can we? Can we really? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we lost a couple of big names this past week. Yeah. Uh, another one from our childhood. The the heir to the liquid paper fortune. Who? Michael Nesmith of the Monkees. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. And did you see the photos of him recently? Uh, He looks like an old Jewish man. Well, apparently he's been sick for a very long time. Yes, and they knew that when he went out on tour. Right, and he knew it was going to be the last tour that he ever went on. Yep. And now there's only one monkey left. And that's Mickey. Mickey Dolan's. Which is funny because somebody somebody went back and I guess they were watching the monkeys and there is an episode where he they're in a haunted house or something and he predicts being the last monkey left alive. Oh, really? And that like at one point he's like, you know, they're we're just going to go out on tour and they're going to say, hey, hey, here's the monkey. <laughs> and so now everybody is like hitting him up being like, you're going to go on tour and being, you know, hey, hey, I'm the monkey. Wow. Yeah, from what I understand, Michael Nesmith was was one of those guys that like was way into like wanting to be a musician and the monkeys thing kind of fell into his lap. So he said, sure, I'll do it. And was never comfortable with the whole TV thing, which is why when they reunited in like, well, it's like the early 90s or whatever it was. He he didn't Mm -hmm. do it. Right. Didn't he do the album, but not the tour? Yeah. I mean, my sister was a huge monkeys fan growing up and yeah. Um, she went to the uh, performing arts center in New Jersey when they, when they came and it was just the three of them. It was, mm. it was Mickey and Peter and Davey. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, he went on to do like a bunch of great things. Like his, his music is really unique and stuff. So, Mm-hmm. He wasn't very old though, was he? He was like 70, 78. 78? Yeah. yeah. That used to be old. That used to be old, yeah. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the more it seems less old. <laughs> <laughs> the closer you get? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. So uh the other one we lost was Anne Rice. Yeah, she she just died, right? Ev yeah, complications from a stroke at eighty. Oh, she was eighty. Okay, I thought 
thought yeah. you were younger than that. No. Gave us interview with a vampire. Mm-hmm. All those all those Lestat novels and stuff. Uh-huh. Didn't she have like And there's a... about to be another interview with a vampire TV series. Is there? Yeah. No. Doesn't she own some like famous house or own some famous house in New Orleans? Um she owned a house in the Garden District. Okay. Which is like all the fancy little McMansions. But okay. I don't know that it was specifically a famous house. Maybe it was famous because it was her house. Maybe that's what I'm that's thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that the house was used in um, the American Horror Story that took place in New Orleans. Okay. But, I mean, it's a cool house. I mean, I'm going to ask a really odd question, but... Okay. Was Anne Rice always a woman? Yes. Okay. Because her Wikipedia page says that she was born Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. Oh, maybe she wasn't. Oh, I hadn't. No, she has legitimate children. She does? Okay. By her by her vagina. <laughs> oh wait, no. Actually, no, I just wait. <laughs> But it says, it does say that she was Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. That's why, like, I didn't, I don't want to be indelicate about it because, like, people need to be who they are. And, not, like, right. Like, I'm fine with, you know, if, if you're born a, a male and feel it like you're really a female, that's totally up to you. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody knows Anne Rice is this female writer, but then you see the name right. and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's really weird. But her Wikipedia always refers to her as her. Yeah, and there's nothing in there about, like... She had two children. Like, gender reassignment or anything. Yeah. Uh, Born in New Orleans, October 4th, 1941. Rice was the second of four daughters. Okay, then she had some fucked up parents that were like... I wanted that a son, Howard. and I'm going to fucking name you Howard, because... I would... And she said, well, my birth name is Howard Allen, because apparently my mother thought it was a good idea to name me Howard. My father's name was Howard. She wanted to name me after Howard, and thought it was a very interesting thing to do. Oh. Okay. She was a bit of a bohemian, a bit of madwoman, a bit of a genius, and a great deal of a great great teacher and she had the idea that naming a woman Howard was going to give that woman an unusual advantage in the world okay so there you have it fair enough man there you go mystery solved yeah um yeah but I mean I I for one read a lot of Anne Rice I've seen I've seen the movies I never I'm not a huge reader so um, um, the books are much a better read than the movies. I'm sure. I mean, it's and interview with a vampire by throwing Tom Cruise in there immediately turned it to shit. <laughs> and then uh, Queen of the Night <clears throat> almost had nothing to do with the books. Oh, really? Or Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Well, yeah. But you know who's not dead? Betty White. Who's going to be 100 mm-hmm. on January 17th. <sighs> Good old Betty. Do you think even if she dies, they would hide it until November 18th? I mean, January 18th? <laughs> she made it to 100. She made it to 100. <clears throat> there you go. I mean, when was the last time she was publicly seen? Oh, uh, I, mean, I don't know. How do we know she's not dead? Oh, that's true. Schrodinger's Betty White? Schrodinger's Betty White. <sighs> Interesting. Y- yeah, I mean, yeah. Betty White has definitely outlived almost everybody. Every cast she's ever worked with, except for Hot in Cleveland. <laughs> You know, Jay. Oh, you you disappeared. Can't hear you. What? There you are. What? So anyway, I said Jane Leaves better be watching over her shoulder. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, happy early birthday, Betty White. <laughs> Maybe there's a Betty White curse. Everybody who works with Betty White's dead. Kevin McCloud. Hey, you, you never know. McClanahan. You never know. Bit, uh, B. Arthur. So, uh, Estelle Getty. Ed <laughs> Asner. Mary Tyler Moore. Come on. Did Betty White do the um, the the Golden Girls spinoff? Yes. She was part of the, the Golden Palace? The only one Palace? who left was B. Arthur. Okay. Yes, B. Arthur was the one who left. Okay. To marry Leslie Nielsen. Is that why she left? Or is no, that the show reason? She that's the show reason. Okay. Leslie Nielsen was Rue McClanahan's uncle or Blanche's uncle. Oh. Okay. And then she decides to marry him and they go away and that's the final episode. So they decide to buy a hotel. <laughs> with with uh 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 Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know Don Cheadle was on. Uh, that's what I meant. That's okay. what I was looking for. Don Cheadle. Yep. Don Cheadle and um, Cheech. Oh, Cheech Marin? Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, somebody somebody put on... Um, I, I'm sure you've seen the clip. There's a There's an episode where... Blanche hangs up the um, the Confederate flag. And, yes. And um, Don Cheadle. And Don, yeah, Don Cheadle is like, you know what that means to me, and she's like, that's just a flag, and he's like, no, it's not. That was making the rounds right. on Facebook, and and um, one of the people that I used to work with at the job I had a couple of years ago, she was like, I don't ever remember Don Cheadle being in the Golden Girls, and I was like, that's because he wasn't. He was in the spinoff called Golden Palace. She was like, how do you know that? I was like, because I kind of remember watching it. Because I'm old. That's right. That's right. Horrible show. Don Cheadle actually got his start in that that movie we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, Moving Violations. Oh, really? He is... Bill Murray's brother? Yes, he's got one scene. It's one shot where um, the... I believe it's the puppet cart goes out of control and um, he's in the window of like a fast food place and you can clearly see it's him, but that was like his first foray into uh, movies. 
But you don't know it was him because he wasn't known at the time. I want to say there was like an introducing credit or something for that. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's come a really long way. So. Sure has. Sure has. Did you watch the latest Hawkeye? I did. Episode four down, <clears throat> two to go. I'm. They have a ton of shit to get to in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. I'm. I'm really kind of scratching my head. Like it took them a really long time to get to Yelena. And his. How long ago <clears throat> was Black Widow? In the timeline, has she been searching for him? This whole time since she met Contessa. So, what I what what I would imagine is, um, Endgame happens. Everybody comes back. Everybody f- knows who saved the planet and who did who wound up sacrificing themselves. And Natasha is one of them. And so the end credit scene from when she meets she meets Contessa is like a year year and a half after that like because there's a gravestone and like it seems right. like it's a place that Yelena has been before and so I think this is like a year year and a half post that so we're like five years post blip or whatever they want to call it when everybody um, came back. So according to Vulture, it takes place in 2016, right after Captain America Civil War. That's that's the movie, yeah. That's the movie part. Right. And then the post credit scene happens in 2023 after Endgame. Okay. So, so we don't we don't know what year Hawkeye is actually years? happening in, though. Oh yeah, you know, like because good point. They're in the future, like like they have sped up their stuff so that everything takes place in the future now. Right, because Kate Bishop was a child during the attack on New York, so right, she's now a young adult. Well, do they say how old she is? I mean, we could figure that. Well, I, I guess we never know how old she is during twenty twelve. She could be like nine or ten or whatever. Uh, it uh, it looks like it takes place after WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Shang Chi. Okay. So then she's been, I guess she's been looking for him for a couple of couple of years. I don't know. Mm. <clears throat> Doesn't seem like a good Black Widow. Uh, no. So. Uh, Collider says it takes place in 2024 or 2025. Hawkeye? Yeah. Okay. Which would be after Endgame. <clears throat> yes. After yeah. the blip. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, because the kind of the way that they make it seem is like, um, you know, Hawkeye is back and he's in New York with his kids and he's spending like some special time with them and stuff and it they almost play it off like it's like their first Christmas back or whatever, but I don't think that's that's the case. I mean, the kids have aged yeah. way up, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. So, okay, so a friend and I were talking about this. 
who do you think and what do you think the deal with the watch is? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> Somebody was online was saying that it was Tony Stark's. I mean, being that it's a Rolex, you would think that immediately you would think that that's Tony and that Tony yes. was putting Stark tech into everything. So, but it's, it's weird because like when Hawkeye talks about the watch, he says something about like somebody's identity is in there or is attached to it. Oh, so I don't know. I don't know where they're going with that at all. And I'm pretty sure that like Kate Bishop's mom is somehow connected to the black widows because oh, as really? soon as, as soon as she met Hawkeye, Yelena appeared. Hmm. So there's, there, there's like that weird thing too of like, is she connected somehow? Obviously the black widows are sterilized. So either Kate's not hers or she's working with the black widows somehow maybe maybe Kate's mom is somehow connected to Contessa and like she called Contessa and said hey guess who was just in my house and so she calls Yelena and is like get to New York um but there's definitely more to to Kate's mother than they're letting on yeah but we only have an hour left to figure it out why are the last two half hours oh are they're not half hours? No. Are they hours? hours? Yeah. Oh, they feel like half hours. So, <laughs> so the other so weird there's thing. Two th- Go ahead. So there's two theories about the watch. Okay. So one of them is that it's Clint's from when he was Ronan, and it has some sort of inscription from his wife, or that it was hers, the wife's. And possibly the wife was also a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Well, that was just. marrying Clint. I was just about to say that like she knows Russian she's she's very okay with the shit that Clint's doing mm-hmm. and my my headcanon as of right now is that they were both shield agents they met they fell in love they wanted to start a family so she retires and he goes to Nick Fury and says hey can you set us up somewhere to keep them safe right so because there's all that stuff about Nick Fury setting setting up the farm so that nobody would know about his family. So mm-hmm. if she if she disappears and then becomes his wife or whatever, I I think they could go with that as like a legitimate story piece, but she's like feeding him intel and stuff. So she's definitely well, not what she appears to be. No, and somebody else makes mention that Echo's notes on the, on his family right could have directly come from the watch oh okay that they somehow connect him okay but it, it does go back to that comment I made in the in the second episode about them sending the family away and keeping them out of harm's way because you know you lose the high stakes of his family being in peril and now it sounds like they're going to be yeah well definitely there's definitely more going on than um, you know just the surface thing of trying to get this stuff back 
Um, because mm-hmm. think of all the stuff that they have to get to in the next two hours. They have to deal with Echo and who her possibly who her uncle is. Um, oh yeah, the the well, it's it's Fisk. Yeah, it's Kingpin. Do yeah. they introduce him in this? Is the question, or do they wait to the Echo show? Oh Jesus! Um, which is happening. So, you know, yeah. Um, they have to deal with her. They have to deal with the tracksuit mafia. They have to deal yep. with Yelena and the Watch and Kate Bishop's soon to be father and stepfather. Mm-hmm. Yep. His her mother like why did he steal like Clint gets the sword back but like right. why did he want Ronan's sword like there's a whole bunch of shit here that like they're either going to have to do two gigantic episodes of nothing but answers or they're right. going to leave us hanging until Hawkeye season two where it's not Jeremy Renner it's just Kate Bishop mm. interesting I mean at some point he's going to have to put on the purple outfit Right, you know, because that's coming. I did find the, f- the scene funny where they were dealing with the LARPers, and yes. they were like, um, "You know, if you, if you get me those, I'll get you the fabric to make your new suits." Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, but "You well, have to make two ha- for us. You have to make two extra ones." And so it's like, so are all the LARPers going to be in like purple spandex? Because that would be kind of fun. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot more heart and and comedy in it than I thought there would be. I thought this was going to be a straight up another um Falcon and Winter Soldier type mm-hmm. show and I'm pleasantly surprised at, at, of how much humor there actually is in it. Yeah. You know, when Clint's trying to teach her how to throw the the thing at the TV. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's all that, that stuff about the arrows and, and he's, he's telling her how to do the, the Robin hood shot Yep, and stuff like, and I guess a lot of that comes straight out of the, um, the comic books. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised cause I didn't think a show about Hawkeye would be very good. I'm wrong. Well, yeah, so far. Let's not screw it up. Which is always possible. Well, actually, they haven't yet, so. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, some, some things can, like, go awry, but I can't see how, like, we're now, we're now in the end game of the show, and I just don't think that they can mess this up. They can mess up other shows, but I don't think it's going to be this one. Yeah, I think Moon Knight was going to be a hard one to kind of get on screen, but mm. this is the company that made a, a a tree and a raccoon like beloved characters. So what do I know? <laughs> we'll see. I also find it interesting that at during the end credits, it's not a Marvel production; it's a Kevin Feige production. Yeah, I did notice that. So I'm not sure what's going on with that either. But I mean, the dude, the dude's knocking it out of the park. So whatever, whatever they want to give him. Yeah, definitely. 
see how far he can take it. Well, I mean, he's made billions of dollars for his parent company, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll just be like, do whatever you want. Yeah. I want to know, I do want to know how they're going to, they're going to turn Echo from a villain into a somebody you root for, though. Yeah, they do that a lot, though. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I mean, there's just that, that gray morality of being in a Marvel movie. True. I mean, and like Clint Barton has said in this show, he's like, I'm not a role model. Like, I did some seriously shitty things to people mm-hmm. and we're still rooting for him so you know what do I know well here's hoping I mean the the fifth episode in these these limited series always seems to be like the big one yeah and somebody had said like episode five is going to blow people's minds and I was like okay what does that mean yeah. So next year we have um, She-Hulk coming out. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm-hmm. Secret Invasion is supposed to happen next year, I guess, at some point. Okay. Those are the ones that they just have up as of right now. But, you know, who knows what they're working on behind the scenes right and She-Hulk yeah. is, is half hour apparently oh really yeah oh hmm okay interesting Faggy described it as a half hour legal comedy oh Sally McBeal kinda but with you know she turns green yeah Interesting. Hmm. Mm, I I have watched yet another bad Christmas movie that I've never seen before. Oh, geez. What? Fat Man with Mel Gibson and Walter Goggins. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Um, it's very dark. It's a little slow. <laughs> There's... So there's this little kid who's pretty much a psychopath who I guess he asks Santa to to spend Christmas with his family. And I kept thinking like, oh, these are flashbacks to Walter Goggins. Okay. No, this is no, this kid is current day and he hires Walter Goggins to go kill Santa Claus <laughs> and asks him to bring back his head. Oh. And Walter Goggins is like, yeah, you know, there's... You know, there's just too much hassle with bringing back a severed head. It's like you got to keep it on ice. It starts smelling bad. I got to make multiple stops on the way home. <laughs> you know, not to mention the legal implications if I get searched. No. And then he goes, "Well, how about his beard?" <laughs> and Goggins goes, "Yeah, I am not shaving a dead man's beard." <laughs> He's like, "How about his hat?" The kid's like not really enthusiastic. He's like, "Fine, his hat." <laughs> but this little kid is a goddamn psychopath. He loses the um, elementary school science fair to this girl. So he kidnaps her (laughs) and does like the full on strap to a chair um, 
and harassing her with with um, jumper cables. <laughs> it's like what the fuck. Wow. And you just do not like this kid. There's no redeeming factor whatsoever. Right. He's trying to kill his grandmother, who apparently has a lot of money that he's been forging checks on to to you know get her fortune. Blah blah blah. And then you've got Walter Goggins, who's trying to track down Santa Claus. He kills a mailman in the process. Ask he stops the mailman and asks him where, you know, all those kids let their Santa Claus go. And he's like, oh, that's been fifty three. He's like, well, where do they go from there? And he goes, yeah, I don't know. That's just where we throw them all. <laughs> so he kills that guy, and then he he's in his cost in the letter carrier's uniform and driving his truck, and he goes to the post office and he he barges into the manager's office and tells him, you know, shuts the door, locks it behind him <laughs> as pushing him for, for Santa Claus's mailing address. And he's like, I really can't help you. It's just a PO box. And, um, Walter Goggins like smashes his head on the desk and puts a gun to his head. He's like, write it down, <laughs> write it down. <laughs> um, in the meanwhile, Santa Claus is having financial issues. <laughs> So is Mel Gibson and, Santa Claus? Yes. Oh. He is Chris Kringle. Oh. And his wife is uh, a British actress, um, black woman. Okay. Not named Jessica, like in <laughs> Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I was disappointed. <laughs> um, they're living on a very modest farm, and then you go into their their. Uh, stable and it's got like an underground bunker and that's where the elves are building t toys and shit <laughs> and um, the military so apparently Santa's been getting subsidies from the military oh because they feel that like his good cheer is is good for the economy and Christmas you know spending and stuff like that but this past year he only made half as many stops as he was supposed to so they only gave him half his check <laughs> But they said, but we have a proposition. He's like, no, you did not make propositions. You did not shake my hand. <laughs> and then eventually he gives in and he's make the elves are making control panels for fighter jets. Nice. <laughs> so Santa's workshop is overrun with the military. Walter Goggins single handedly seems to kill them all. <laughs> like so you're at a military installation and none of you are wearing body armor <laughs> of course not um but it, it got to the point it got to the point where um santa and mrs claus are armed and santa and walter goggins are like you know playing cat and mouse i'm like oh so the second half of this is going to be pretty interesting it's like yeah that was like the second 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so spoiler alert walter goggins shoots santa in the head oh and then mrs claus plugs walter goggins of course santa claus being immortal recovers <laughs> walter goggins not so much oh um, the elves are, they're not little people, but they're diminutive, but they have the pointed ears and they exist on a diet of sugar and carbs. Nice. It's kind of, kind of funny. Um, 
And then the end of the movie is um, Santa and Mrs. Claus break into the kid's house. And they see that the kid is is about to kill his, to poison his grandmother. <laughs> and they stop him. And, you know, Santa's tells calls him by his name and says you know sometimes i can't i can't deliver everything that's asked for but you were just a hateful you know um bishop vicious um person looking for revenge and he goes if your grandmother dies dies suddenly you will get more than coal in your stocking <laughs> like threatening a 12 year old nice like, ooh. And then they go back to Santa's workshop. So they leave the kid alive? Yeah. For the sequel? And I don't know if you're supposed to infer that this evil little child is, is going to change his stripes or... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at pictures on Internet Movie Database and it looks interesting. It is interesting. The, the whole secrecy of Santa and, you know, protecting his identity, like... Like Walter Goggins goes into the local post office when he finds out where the post office box is, and the the postmaster's like, "Yeah, well, it's just Chris," and he's like, "Well, I, I, you know, I'm trying to find him. He's my friend. <laughs> you know, do you have his address?" And the guy looks in his his ledger of people who have the the mailboxes, and it's like, "Yeah, no, just his first name, Chris. Been like that <laughs> as long as I can remember." <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, a little slow, but not, not worth the time. Eh, not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if there's nothing on, it's, it's funny maybe. that you say that it's slow cause it's only an hour and 40 minutes. I know it felt like it was more than two hours. <laughs> oh geez. I hate those kinds yep. of movies. Yeah. Uh, and then I also finished the Beatles documentary. Oh, that only took you a week, I, right? I, well, I broke them up into one-hour segments. Oh, there you go. Um, the second three-hour piece was a lot of exposition. They finally get George Harrison to agree to be, come back and finish the album. They're trying to figure out where they're going to do this concert. Um, it's very obvious that, that the problem, or at least the way it plays out, is that it's not this john and paul were at odds it was like george and the rest of the band because george was always always commenting on how to do songs he hadn't written better gotcha okay so it's kind of like yeah he was kind of being an ass um there's (laughs) one scene where um ringo and like one of the sound guys is is are sitting in the soundstage waiting for John and Paul to show up and flowers come for George. And the, the sound guy was like, Oh, I'll take them for him. Cause his last name was Harrington. Okay. Instead of Harrison. <laughs> and they were from the Harry Krishnas. <laughs> so they make comments about, you know, it was this weird religion that George had found and they decided that they were going to go and experience it for themselves. And there's footage of them at the ashram and, Oh. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, it was interesting. The best part, though, is in the third episode where they they finally staged the concert and it's on the roof of the the um, Apple studio. 
or is it the EMI studio? Whatever. It's on the roof of the building they've been rehearsing in. Okay. And uh, they decide that's that's going to be the concert that's going to be filmed. They start talking to like people on the street about the Beatles. <laughs> and then they start doing the concert. And there's all these crabby old people bitching about it. <laughs> they call the cops. The cops show up. And, of course, the British Bobbies. So it's like they don't have guns. Right. And they're like... You know, no, you have to understand that that, you know, this this isn't fair. You're you're just you're, you know, um, distracting all of these these neighbors. You can hear it on the street and blah, blah, blah. And it's like really kind of stupid. And then later on, like the the cop supervisor shows up and he's like, the Beatles, can, can I go up? Can I do you mind? Can I go up? <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of funny that they have all this footage of the Bobby who's like trying to control the situation and taking the complaints. Nice. But yeah, so it ends with the concert ends and there and then you end up with the this was the last time the Beatles performed together in, in public. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's kind of the end. Fade the black. There's like one yeah, there's like one scene where they went to lunch with George and the producers had hidden a microphone in the, in the vase on the deck, on the table okay. at the restaurant. And they're showing it. They're showing a still shot of, you know, this table by a window with a floral arrangement. And as they're talking, it's popping up on screen, like pop-up video. Okay. As you, so it's like, well, that was kind of interesting, but, Boy, would I be pissed if I found out they were spying on us. <laughs> all in all, very interesting. Yeah, so is it worth the eight hours? If you can pace yourself. Okay. I don't I I could not sit through another two and a half hour, let alone three hour episode. I had to break it up. <laughs> because it was a lot of the same stuff. It was like a lot of them rehearsing and they're you know, like I said before, it's like they're not singing the songs. They're like goofing around. Right. And like in the first one, they're writing Get Back, which Paul was writing as a a response to anti-immigration in the UK. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, you know, Jojo was a Pakistani. Get back to where you once belonged. And then by, you know, the time they recorded for the album, it's it's so much different. Right. But Yoko, again, there's all this footage of Yoko just screaming and making these sounds. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I guess you feel vindicated, but boy, you look batshit crazy even then. Do you think that they put that, like Peter Jackson put all that in there to be like, look, she really was doing that weird shit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was it was interesting. It was very interesting. It was interesting to see how the AI enhanced the footage. Right. But I kind of felt that the middle three hours could have done without. <laughs> the middle they could three. Have fast, well, yeah, they could have fast forwarded to the prep for the for the concert. Like they're in the they're in the soundstage they rented, which they decided they don't want to do the concert in because it's too cavernous. It's not really intimate. And while they're there, the reason they had such a tight timeline was that Ringo was going to do a movie called The Magic Christian with Peter Sellers. Oh. 
and they're in there rehearsing and like the set for the magic Christian starts being delivered. <laughs> and there's like a whole scene with Peter Sellers talking to the Beatles, meeting them for the first time. Oh, like, Oh, okay. Historically interesting, but <laughs> yeah, you could have gone right to the concert because that's kind of what I wanted to see was that last thing and how they pulled off the performance. Um, there's problems with the equipment the sound guy has brought, so they call um, EMI. George calls EMI and get all new equipment, and that's when they go to the to the EMI studio to record. And um, yeah, interesting. Okay. Interesting. I guess he's got another documentary now too. Who? The Jackson. Ja- Peter Jackson. I don't know. He's he's. I thought he was making more like regular movies, but he sounds to be like he's like firmly in the in the realm of I don't know, documentaries. I, I thought I had seen something earlier today that he's got another um, documentary in the works, but I don't see it. He's executive producing the next Tintin films. Um, okay. He produced the Beatles thing. No, also all the adventures of Tintin. Yeah, I don't know what, what I saw. Hmm. I don't know. Apparently, the um, the the other one that he did, they they shall not grow old, was mm-hmm. really well done too. Okay. That was where they took all the. The footage from I think World War One, and they like colored. Oh, that's they, what I they saw. Colored it yes, and they, that's what I saw. They retimed it yep. to like, yep. like four K HD footage. It's like fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Did you watch a very boy band Christmas? No. But it I was sad. Bet you did. That's a lot of old fat guys. <laughs> and apparently Joey McIntyre from New Kids is now pimping out his son because oh, they moved wow. back to L.A. Oh. and the son performed with him. <clears throat> Great. Like, oh, I understand why you did this special. <laughs> but they all look so fucking old. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure that lifestyle it just beat you to shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think Lance Bass would have shown up? Come on. What's he doing? Oh, that's always the weird thing is that, like, you see these reunion stuff and it's like, how come they couldn't get, like, so-and-so to show up? Like, what's... It was like all three guys from 98 Degrees. <clears throat> it was, like, two guys from Boys to Men. It was one guy from O-Town. It was Chris Kirkpatrick and Joey from Sync. It was Joey from New Kids. Does Chris Kirkpatrick still have the like dreadlocks? Uh, no. <laughs> he kind of looks like the son of Rowan Atkinson. Uh, oh, I gotta look him up now. You gotta look at his face. He's got his hair shaved around the sides, and he's got a little douchey ponytail. Oh my. Yeah. He kind of looks like that Duggar kid that just got found guilty. 
Well, I could see that. He looks like he ate Chris Kirkpatrick from a couple of years ago. Yes. Like when they were in NSYNC. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. What do you think possessed him to show up to this? Like a paycheck. A paycheck, you think? I can't think he's in high demand of anything, anyone. <laughs> I mean, really? No, you don't think like he's some kind of like big producer or something now? Uh, I don't know. Let's look up his Wikipedia page. He's 50. Yeah. I thought he was younger than that. I thought he was younger than me. Uh, in his personal life, Kirkpatrick kept his relationship status relatively private until 2010 when he started dating Carlin M. Sklendani. He proposed to her in Italy. They married in 2013 at the Lowe's Resort Hotel in Orlando, Florida. <clears throat> where nice. with all of his former NSYNC ba bandmates in attendance as ushers including JT it says all you know mm. you know Wikipedia is never wrong yeah that's true <laughs> he apparently runs a non-profit organization called the Chris Kirkpatrick Foundation which seeks to enhance the lives of underprivileged children in Central Florida so he's helping your community John well, that's good. That's nice to know. Their biggest event is for Halloween, where they provide children with costumes, haunted houses, trick-or-treating, and hayrides. Aw, that's special. Because, <laughs> you know, that's more important than, like, books or food. <laughs> yeah. Currently, Kirkpatrick continues to, to work as a songwriter and produces music and manages a number of other artists with his company, Working Class Industry. Works with charities, hosts and performs many events across the country, writes music with the Doppelgangers, and has collaborated on songs with various artists such as David Foster, Blake Lewis, and AJ McLean's project ATCK, whoever the fuck that, that those people are. Mm. So it sounds like he banked a shit ton of money with NSYNC and then was like, well, we'll kind of do some shit for tax purposes. Mm, probably. And he's hoping to write a song that'll be a number one hit and then he can just live off the royalties. Until he has to sell his mansion like Joey. <laughs> That's only because, what was it, the fat one hot dog thing? Went yes. Under? Yes. We're going to take it and we're going to make it a food truck, but we're never going to take out the food truck. Okay. Yeah. Just say it failed, man. Oh, his wife's cute. Is she? Yeah. Let's see. Chris Kirkpatrick wife. Oh. His net worth is ten million dollars. Oh, it's ten million more than me, so you know. He's only five five. She's okay looking. Well, it's a step up for him. Well, he's definitely dating up for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh and Justin Timberlake was at the wedding. Really? Yes. Okay, well, good for him. 
with that's nice with Jessica Biel. So, ooh, at the Lowe's Orlando. So, do you think that like like he shows up with Jessica Biel to be like, look at my wife, and then look at yours? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was twenty nine when they got married, and he was okay. forty two. I don't understand that. What do you talk about? I don't know. There's I mean, I can't talk to the people I work with who are 10 years younger than me. <laughs> I... There's got to be a frame of reference, right? There's got to be a frame of reference for conversations. Yeah, it's $10 million. <laughs> what are you going to buy me now? I mean, there's there's probably a chance that she listened to New Kids. No, NSYNC music as a child as a child and was like they're dreamy and then you know you meet chris kirkpatrick and And then you know i'm sure she's a justin timberlake fan though well of course because they all are you think that's the reason she married him was so she can meet jt at the wedding absolutely (laughs) apparently all of them including justin timberlake served as ushers escorting the 300 guests to their seats do you think they fought over Justin Timberlake for that? Yes. Thanks, Joey. I'll wait. Oh. Yeah, there's there's two things like I can't ever imagine myself being involved with somebody that I when I was 20 was like just being born. Like mm-hmm. that that doesn't fly with me. And I don't think I could ever be with a little person. You mean somebody shorter than you? No, I mean mean a dwarf. I mean a dwarf. What does that have to do with any of this? Five five's not a dwarf. No, but I no, I'm not saying him. I'm saying me in general. I I don't think I could ever be in a situation. Where did this come from? Well, because I was saying where did this come from? I was saying that that there were two things for me that I could never do. One of them would be in like this situation where they're vastly younger than you. And for me, I could never see myself dating a a dwarf. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, just saying, I will not set you up with any little people. Okay. Cause I think the intimacy thing would be too weird. Yeah. Yeah. Be like a child. Pick them up and put them, put them wherever you want. (laughs) Here, spin them around. (laughs) Okay, put your legs up. Wee. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, that's just too weird. Well, this took a weird turn. Well, I don't know. We were talking about this, and then I don't know. And then you started talking about your fetish with little people. Oh, it's not a fetish. It's an anti-fetish. It's an anti-fetish. Yeah. So, just one last thing about Chris Kirkpatrick's wedding. Um, yeah. The groom's cake was devil food with the motif of Voltron. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> uh, Good for him. So, yeah, you know. Look, I'm, I, I was just interjecting something into the story we were talking about. And that weird. you did. And that you did. Okay. Stand by it. Whatever. 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 Let 
I mean, you know, all the other news is either horrific or shit that I don't want to talk about. So we'll talk about right. stupid people. Okay. You have anything else? No. I mean, uh, we hit everything on my list. Yeah. Okay. Are when I guess we should figure out, um, are you secret Santa? No. What, um, when you're going home and when you're going to be able to record or not so that we can let people know when we're not going to be here. Uh, we're not going to be here the Sunday after Christmas, Sunday after Christmas. Okay. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Mark your calendars. So that week there won't be okay. any show. Okay. So, all right. So you don't have anything else? No, no, I'm good. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. May the force be with you. (laughs)